Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the corner of truth and courage. I mentioned at the beginning of the week a topic that we cut into. We talked a little bit about this thing called black liberation theology. This is part of a teaching that I have covered when I go do presentations in different churches. One of the presentations that I do fairly often is Chrislam, the exposure of this hybrid religion that has been that has been developing for the last 50 years. And there are four sources behind it. One is from a from a Christian side of the movement. One is from a Muslim side of the movement and another is through other uh, heresies that are that have developed in our world this desire to bring christianity and islam and eventually judaism together as one faith uh, you know they refer to these as the abrahamic faiths they believe in a singular god they all believe that that god created heaven and earth he has revealed himself through the Word, through the Bible, the Old Testament, and some would say the Old Testament and New Testament, and then also then someone would add the Last Testament, the Quran. Islam, Christianity are the two largest religions in the world. Christianity, roughly around 2.2 billion followers. Then you have Islam now at 1.7, 1.8 billion, and those are the two largest incorporates a great deal of our world population. I think last week we talked about Islam, the Antichrist religion, how we see what the Bible has to say about Islam and Islamic teachings of eschatology and all that type of stuff and how Islam fits the uh, the mold for all those teachings that we find in the Bible. I want to talk to you a bit about today, a little bit more about Islam's part in trying to woo and bring together Christians in together with their religion, with their faith. And this is what we call Chris-Lam, Christianity and Islam merging itself together. Before I get into that, let me quickly remind you, we're in our year-end appeal. Uh, there's two parts to our fundraising goals to finish this year out. Our first goal is to end the year in the black, and we need to raise five thousand dollars to do that and so uh, perhaps you can help us with a one-time gift our other goal is to pick up additional monthly supporters people who partner with us on a monthly basis by giving ten dollars fifteen dollars twenty dollars hundred dollars or more whatever that uh, that you uh, can help us with and our goal is to raise an additional $1,000 a month coming in to our ministry. And you can do that by giving us a call and becoming a partner with us. Or you can go onto our website, fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com, and give safely, securely there. But if you want to call and make a donation and set that up on a bank card, uh, the number to call is 800 Six one six zero zero eight two. Again, that's eight hundred six one six zero zero eight two. Or you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com. Fortressoffaith.com. 
And there you can set up a monthly donation or a one-time gift as well. All right, well, let's get into it here. Back, oh my goodness, what year was this? This had to be now almost 15 years old. A group of Islamic scholars, 138 of them, wrote an open letter to American Christian leaders. And they sent it to major Christians, people that are household names here in America, and college professors and, you know, that deal with theology departments and and so on there. And basically, in that letter, they said, come to a common word that we have between us and you. And they're quoting a passage out of the Bible. And let me read that passage to you. It comes from Surah 364. Surah simply means chapter. So chapter 3, verse 64. O people of the book, now, this is a, an expression you hear in the Quran uh, hundreds of times. People of the book. Well, what book? The Bible. So, the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, come to a common word between us and you, that we worship none but Allah, and that we associate no partners with him, that we erect not from among ourselves lords and patrons other than Allah. And so what are they actually saying in this verse? Basically, they're inviting Christians to come together and let's put our slippers under the same table. Let's sing Kumbaya. And instead of working against each other, after all, we have the same God. We have, you know, believe in the same prophets. And so we have some minor differences, but let's not major on those. Let's major on what we have in common. Okay. Now, again, let me explain this verse because what the unsuspecting, unknowledgeable person about Islam doesn't realize is that that verse actually insults Christians. Let me point it out to you where it does that. It says, O people of the book, come to a common word between us and you. So far, we're okay. In other words, okay, you Christians and Jews, let's come together. Let's, ha- let's have a common ground. And here's where the punch in the nose comes, especially to us Christians that we worship none but Allah, that we associate no partners with him. It's that last bit that we associate no partners with him. This is a teaching in Islam called shirk. It's the greatest sin. It's the unforgivable sin to perform shirk, to make someone a partner with God. And... Muslims believe that when Christians call Jesus the Son of God, Jesus is God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that he is incarnate God in the flesh here on earth, that is making a partner with God. That's taking a man and elevating him to partnership with God. Now, folks, even in our books, that would be blasphemous. To make a man into a God. That in the Christian doctrine book would be blasphemy. But Jesus did not commit blasphemy or shirk, making himself a partner with God become, uh, from a, uh, changing from a man into a God. No. The Bible tells us is that God took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. We're talking about God here. 
God is not bound like you and I are bound. God, it, God can perform anything within his nature to perform if he chooses to do so. He can do it. And so for him to step into flesh, which, by the way, when we were created, we were created in his image. And this was a foreordained plan that Jesus would step into flesh and dwell amongst us. The Bible refers to him, his name, his title is Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus clearly told people that he was God and they thought it was blasphemy and wanted to kill him. And it would be blasphemous for anyone to say it, but not for Jesus. So Jesus clearly taught that he was God. The Bible makes it very clear that God took on flesh and dwelt amongst us. And in Islam, they're saying, come together, come to a common word. Let's only worship God. But you Christians out there, you cannot make Jesus a partner with God. So don't do that. That's blasphemous. That's uh, an insult to our religion. So they're saying, let's come to a common word. <laughs> but you Christians, you're not allowed to tell us that uh, Jesus is God. Well, Christian leaders accepted that letter and wrote back. And they said, this sounds groovy to us. Let's have a conference together and let's begin developing this. And this was done at Yale University. The meeting took place in 2008. 500 Christian leaders signed a document saying that we are going to involve ourselves in this. We're going to come together and we're going to find a common ground between our religions. Let me read to you some of the people that are on that list. Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, Robert Schuler. Many leaders of the um, Fuller, the well, pretty much everyone that's involved with the Fuller Theological Seminary and emergent church leaders. And I don't have the time to read out. Some, some of them were my, was a prof former professor of mine, which I'm shocked that he uh, was gullible to do that. But um, there's other parts that are involved in this. You got Black Liberation that are bringing groups like Louis Farrakhan and Jeremiah Wright, a Christian preacher in Chicago, and a Muslim preacher in Chicago. They both uh, have unity together because they both follow James Cone's theology, which is a black liberation theology. But Tony Blair, you know who he is? Tony Blair is the former prime minister of England. When I lived in England as an adult, he was my prime minister for most of my years that I lived over there. And actually, truly, I, I admire him he, uh, as far as a diplomat, an amazing diplomat and a man of conviction. I mean, he was under enormous political pressure to pull out of um, the war with Iraq and, and all that type of stuff that was going on back in the 90s and so on there. And um, But he held his ground. He held to what he knew was right uh, in spite of the political pressure against him. And so I have great admiration for him as a statesman, but not for his theology. Do you know what he does as a moonlight job? He, he teaches at Yale University, not in the political science department, which you would think that's where he would be, right? No, in the religious department. And he was the one who wrote that letter back to the Muslim communities. When he left, by the way, being prime minister of England, uh, his next job, he worked for the European Union, and his office was in Israel, in, in uh, Tel Aviv, 
And his job was to broker peace in the Middle East. That was his job to represent the European Union. And his idea is more of a pragmatic idea. Uh, sorry, pragmatic idea. Uh, you've got these people, they all worship the same God. Um, and you got Jews that, uh, uh, Muslims that are fighting Jews, Muslims that are fighting Christians. If we can just get them to work together on what they have in common, um, then maybe they will start stop fighting each other and start loving each other. And so he was heavily involved in this effort to try to bring this common uh, thing together. Well, what we have seen, since I've been talking about this for over a decade, what we have seen is the Catholic Church making great movements of bringing together uh, the Catholic Church with the old Islamic empires. And this is very concerning, but we are seeing uh, less and less, I, I think, I've not been noticing much in the evangelical world. I think the evangelical world has caught on to that this was a mistake. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> it, you know, it's just, I just don't hear much going on for the last year or two. But we're seeing it within the Catholic groups. And so um, this Chrislam uh, animal is alive and well. And uh, we still need to keep our eye on it. And from time to time, we'll bring it to your attention. Well, we've got to close. But before we do, let me remind you about our year-end appeal. Would you help us with a donation today? The number to call is 800 616 That's 800-616-0082. Or go to our website, fortressoffaith.com.